episode nine of Jodie and Chelsea. Um, today we're going to be talking about the M25-3. Um, it's basically um, three guys, well it was 12 men that got arrested, I think three yeah. sentenced and convicted, um, and they were innocent. Um, so talking about what happened with that and how that could possibly happen, because that's just so yeah. crazy. Um, and it wasn't even that long ago, really. It was like 1988, the crimes happened, wasn't it? Yeah. So a little bit of the history, what it's about then. So in December 1988, three masked men um, conducted a series of uh, crimes, violent attacks, just off the M25, hence the name, Yeah. Um, in England. So um, one man was found dead and another wounded. Two houses were robbed and four cars stolen. Um, and the press called them the M25 gang. And then there was a £25,000 reward um, that was offered for their capture. Yeah. Which is like, that, that's just crazy in itself, that that's just one group of people that have just destroyed a whole, like, area yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just like, because when I was reading it, I didn't, because obviously I only know about one of them, mm-hmm. um, like, in full detail. When I was reading it and what they actually did, I was like... That is crazy. Like, what they actually did to them people was absolutely horrific. Like, I think one of the one of the houses that they robbed, they went in and said to the... Like, I think it was, like, a family, and they went in with, like, armed guns and said, take your rings and jewellery off. If you don't take them off, we're going to chop your fingers off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Who even says that? That is, just, like, the craziest thing ever. Like, it was brutal what they, what they allegedly did yeah do you want to talk about about more about what it was that they did yes so um there was obviously it's like you said on the 16th of december between 11 and half 12 um they approached a car where um there was two men um there was these two men were dragged from the car and beaten up one of them they also had petrol poured over them one of them lost consciousness and then when he came around, his friend had died. So his, his friend was dead. And I think it was due to, like, sternum um, issues because they'd been attacked that brutally. Mm. So obviously his injury had killed him. They then abandoned the gun in the area where they were and stole the car. And then they drove on the M25, obviously, hence the name. Yeah. And ended up um, to another house where they broke in and threatened the family. Obviously... They took the ring and then cut the fingers off. They then took the guy's car from that house and then went to another house and did exactly the same thing again and then took another car. So it was like they were leaving evidence as they were going from each. Yeah, they didn't seem to care about anything. It's really strange. It wasn't like, you know, a crime that we usually see where, like you say, they're trying to hide that they've done this. It's like they just did not care about anything they just were out to destroy whatever they could yeah it was crazy so in march 1990 after a six-week trial three men um is it raphael it's not raphael is it i I don't (laughs) i don't really know to be honest i think it's raphael i'm trying to think what he says on the program that i watch raphael yeah I don't know apologies whatever his name is but yeah I don't know how you would pronounce his name um Michael Davis and Randolph Johnson so they were found guilty and sentenced to life in prison 
Um, and they were convicted on the littlest of evidence. Like there was no yeah. direct forensic confessional or identification linked that linked them to the crimes. Um, and the evidence that did exist was not only circumstantial, but really unreliable, contradictory, inconsistent. Um, yeah. And eventually their convictions were all overturned in July 2000. And all men still like say that they're innocent, but they've, they've been released yeah. now. With the evidence as well, I think it was like when I was reading it, like Raphael Raw, he's he had a girlfriend at the time who was 16, and she said to the police that when the crimes were committed, he had left perhaps approximately half one and he didn't return to about half six. And when he returned, he was wearing different pants and shoes and he had a bag with him with like um item the fact that had been taken in the robberies from the house so it was just like a Sainsbury's bag that they'd obviously taken at the robberies but I was like when I was reading that I was like it sounds to me like she's dobbed him in like why would you even do that if he's like your boyfriend and you love him you wouldn't dob him in yeah <laughs> I like... thought that like because even if you did at that time think oh god like he might have done it you wouldn't you wouldn't say I don't no. think you might do years later or months later, but I don't think you would at that time. You'd be no, like, you'd, you'd, yeah, I think if you were in an interview, you'd, you'd just be like, oh, well, he was, he was at home with me. Like, that's where he was. You yeah, wouldn't... until you got all the information from him or something. Yeah, which I thought was really... Yeah, exactly. It's almost as if, like, was that the truth, what she was saying? Yeah, but she was 16, so she was still quite young. She was still a child, really. So if you get question by the police at 16 you are going to tell them the truth aren't you you're not gonna yeah it's a good point how to lie yeah so, could have just been like yeah genuine like oh my god yeah <laughs> you know yeah him or something um so the other two guys were arrested a couple of days later so johnson was arrested um a couple of weeks later sorry in january um because he was apparently in possession of a revolver like the same type of gun that the witnesses yeah said that they had and then Davis's fingerprints were found on some of the some kind of stolen items yeah but were they yeah. actually connected to the robbery I don't think they were no they? I don't think they were um I'm just trying to find it in my notes sorry that's all right. I, did read, I did read this bit a few of the men were arrested too so in total yeah it was like 12 people in like yeah. the one hostel that were arrested uh no, I don't think, I can't find it, but I definitely read that it wasn't connected to the same, it wasn't yeah. connected. And that's what I really struggled with researching about this case, was like, I didn't actually find the specific reason why they were arrested. Yeah. Why were they charged with it? I don't understand. Yeah. When I read it, when I read a lot more into it, I think a lot of it was around the race in that time, like because right. of, of the skin and things like that. Um, because there was other crimes um, on around race as well at yeah. a, a similar time in in that time. Yeah, because like, to start with, like a few of the victims said that the robbers, there was two white men, there was only one black man. Yeah, yeah. the three that were arrested were all black. So, and then yeah. um, some more witnesses who gave evidence placed two of them being dropped off at their homes at the same time as the crimes, like 10 miles away. So yeah. if you're going to listen to those witnesses, then they couldn't have possibly done it. So it is. Not, it does seem a bit racist, maybe. Yeah, I think it was like probably in them times, or wasn't it like in the 1980s? Yeah. It was kind of big on that. A lot of men 
of that race were getting convicted for things that they didn't really commit yeah. but it is really what got me was obviously because it does do like Raphael Rod does do inside toughest world's toughest prisons yeah and for 12 years he was convicted like he was convicted for life with no parole um and for 12 years he he said he was innocent the whole way through this like he was like I haven't done it I'm innocent and I was like if you'd done something like that, I don't, I don't know if you would or not, but to me, if you'd done a crime and you had murdered someone and done all the other crimes that they've done, you wouldn't plead your innocence. You'd, sometime inside you, you'd be like, actually, yeah, I did do it, but I'm just going to say I'm innocent. But the fact that he pleaded and pleaded for 12 years that he was innocent was, like, to me, I, f- I feel like he, didn't, he wasn't really involved. Yeah, like I watched a couple because obviously people do that. I'm just thinking about that Rebecca Fenton case that yeah, we yeah. researched. Yeah. She still says she's innocent, but there's it's just something about him. I saw a few interviews that he's done. He's just yeah. so believable. He just seems so down to earth and, and normal. Yeah, and the fact that he's completely turned his life around as well. Like when he was in prison, he did he's done journalism and stuff. So and yeah. now he's got so much. He's got a bad situation and made it good. Um. Yeah. But he said, like, when I, because I've obviously got his book and I was reading his book, and he said, like, he's never, um, he never felt like, he never attacked anyone in prison, but he did go on a hunger, pro, like, a hunger strike as a protest. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. But even, even when he was younger, like, because it was, like, the book that I'm reading about his whole life, his book, it did do, like, minor crimes when he was younger. So it was, like, maybe he was, a, like, a criminal, but, the fact that he's now turned his life around and he pleaded it for 12 years like like you say it does seem really down to earth and like a likable guy yeah so, definitely yeah and there's, um there is a, a lot of other stuff as well to suggest that the police investigation wasn't the best to uh, yeah. begin with it's definitely open for question um in an important witness called joanne said that she was um pressurized by police at the time to change her times and dates to fit what their idea of the case was to like make it easier for them because i think um, especially back in those days there was a lot of pressure from the press and stuff to like solve yeah. cases so they would just put anybody you know they convict someone just so that someone had um, people had someone to blame um, and the only witness to the murder crucially changed his time in an account of what happened after the police told him as well that his version of events didn't fit in with the timings that they needed no which is insane like how is that allowed like how does that you you question how much does that actually happen yeah that's what I mean like before we started doing this I didn't think like that that could happen but since doing this and researching and stuff like it it probably does happen quite a few times to be honest and I think especially back then in 1988 like why like and with the race situation like it's just it's just crazy like the fact that the when the crimes that they've done was like all on one night mm-hmm. I would be tired like after just committing one crime I'd be like yeah I'm not doing any more now but <laughs> the fact that they've actually done like all them three it takes like a lot of planning to me that yeah and especially yeah. like the fact that they like for the first crime that they did um they like dropped the gun at the scene so they must have had like other like weapons mm. as well as just one because normally if you if you do do a crime you use the same weapon all the time don't you in, in most yeah. cases and you but wouldn't the fact want to leave it behind for evidence, not for evidence. yeah mm. so this is what I don't mean like why 
if they left that gun behind, surely that would have been, they would have found, the police would have found that gun and had the evidence yeah. to convict them. But if the thing, like we said, the fingerprints that was on the other guys that wasn't connected, well, how how did they know it was them that did it? This is what, it's a bit... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the reason, I don't know what your opinions are um, on the death penalty, but that's why I can't 100% be like, I, I, I believe in the death penalty because no. there's just so many people that I think I've got statistics down here that I wrote. Um, so out of a hundred people on death row, every hundred people, four are likely innocent, but only two ever get released yeah. from death row. So that's four every hundred that are innocent. Yeah. Are about like- to be murdered for something that they literally haven't done. Yeah. Like, and I think as well, like, I don't, that's what I'm probably the same as you. I don't really believe in death row because you don't, like, like this case is a prime example. If you have pleaded yeah. your innocence for 12 years. Yeah. And then say, for, I know, I don't know how long you have to be on death row for before you actually die. I'm not really sure. Yeah. A um, long time usually. Long yeah. Time but if it was like shorter than 12 years, he, they could have, and they was on death row, they could have died and then they're like well they didn't do anything they were they're completely innocent yeah so yeah, yeah I, that's the I thing isn't it that. it's just crazy how like you say like you can't how can you misconvict somebody especially like maybe one person but not three people and if it was just them three obviously i'm 25 three why wasn't all the other people who involved it rested because obviously like, they got 12 people why weren't all all 12 convicted why just them three yeah I know that's what I'm saying it's so weird I just don't understand yeah. it I'm like how did the police officers not get fired because of this how was there not this massive you know uproar about it I just I just don't understand how people can get away with this and that's why I think obviously some people do deserve to die like you know yeah people that have done really really bad things like to children you know stuff like that I do believe but then I'm like but I can't say I'm 100% for it because what about all those people that are unfortunately there when when they're in yeah. there? You, you just can't. I just um, noticed this as well, like the other inconsistencies in the trial that they did. So um, Raw has since stated that it's been pointed out that the three key, I can't even say that word, prosecution <laughs> witnesses, um, they fitted the victim's dis... I can't, I'm not going to say that word. So they basically just kind of, the witnesses said that, yeah, these are the three people, which I think the police probably did help with. Um, they admitted handling and handing some of the stolen property and premises. They admitted stealing the Spitfire. They admitted possessing a handgun and they admitted disposing of the stolen Vauxhall and Renault, which was the cars that they stole at the at the crime scene. And until the arrest, the police maintained in their appeals for information that the suspects were two white males and one black male. So, yeah. And then, like you said, like three have been, it, there were three black males and then that got arrested. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very... It's, it's very odd. Um, friends of the three guys said that they'd come home because there's a lot of them in the same gang, I think they were in that gang. Yeah. Um, they all stayed in the same hostel. So friends of them said that the early hours of the morning they came home with stolen cars stolen items and then they were asked like help with like hiding them and to burn the cars to burn evidence um and then obviously like one of their girlfriends said that yeah 
they were busy um, busy guilty um but yeah again that's just someone saying that it's just hearsay yeah it's nothing I'm not actually proven. yeah like I think reading the book as well I'm not denying that they weren't criminals because they probably like they admitted it themselves that they did do like I think he said it started off with like just stealing from the shop you know when you were younger and then it got yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger so I'm not and especially if there was like a gang of them like if they class themselves as a gang I'm not saying they're not criminals but there's a difference between petty crime like handling stolen goods and then murder like you don't go from just handling I always think to myself like there is if you're going to be a criminal you either go out and murder people and kill or you just do little petty crimes you don't I don't feel like there's a person that will do both unless it's like a robbery gone wrong or you don't intend to kill someone unless you're one person or the other. Does that make sense? Do you not? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, so what that you did, you stole things and you probably yeah. beat a few people up. That doesn't mean that you deserve to spend 12 years in prison for something that you yeah. haven't done. It, it doesn't, it still doesn't make sense. It's not an excuse to just yeah. lock people up. Um, no. And, and I've written down here again, not all 12 men were convicted. So why did no. those three get convicted then that we on no proof? Yeah, that's what I mean. If, you, if you're going to convict, if you're going to make a conviction against it, at least make it all 12 rather than just, why just them three? Yeah. And to plead innocence, like, how scary must it be? Because I think they were only young when it happened. But how scary must it be to go to prison for, and someone say to you, you, you've got life with no parole? for a crime that you know you you know well you didn't commit that must be very very scary and especially if you didn't commit it and then you end up going into prison with all these people who've actually who have actually done murder yeah. you'd be absolutely terrified like, he, was, he was um 19 wasn't he um yeah nearly 20 i think when he went in yeah and he came out when he was um 31 32 yeah so that's your prime amazing years of your life just robbed from you it's absolutely yeah. horrendous and I think if you like if you are a like a criminal and you end up going to prison but you plead your innocence and obviously if you did do it you can probably defend yourself a little bit mm. but if you if you haven't done it and you plead your innocence you're not going to be able to defend yourself against people if you're not a hard person yeah but like you say it's like like you yeah like your prime life but I suppose like he did get out when he was young enough it's like the same age as as me so yeah that's good that he's managed to rebuild his life um one of the key witnesses in the prosecution um there's a bit of hearsay about whether he was implicated in the crimes himself so he was called norman duncan who had a criminal record um and he actually admitted to disposing two of the cars using the robberies um, but he was never prosecuted and he was actually a police informant who had received ten thousand pounds of a reward for information which led to the arrests and convictions in this case so you know there we go it's like he was working with the police to try and frame somebody maybe um and done yeah. it for money for ten thousand pounds yeah and the but jury didn't get told about that either no i suppose like you would do anything for money if, you, if you're that desperate i think we've we've established doing all these aren't we like yeah <laughs> Done. Like a bit of insurance money, yes, please. Yeah, not as easy Um, but yeah, I think you would do anything for money. But if he was involved in it, like, did the police just 
because he'd obviously give them information, did the police then be like, well, we're not going to convict you because you've given us information, so take this money and run. Yeah. Um, and convict the other three. Which, yeah. if that is the case, that's bad policing on their part. Like, why did no one pick, pick that up? Yeah, exactly. What, why would you not, as the police, want to convict the right people? Like, how do they sleep yeah. at night knowing that there's so many people behind bars because they framed them? Yeah. It's insane. I can't imagine the frustration that no. the victims must feel about it. Yeah, it's... Like, and also, like, if they didn't do it, this was what was going in my head before we came on this call, like, if they, them three are innocent and they didn't do it, who did do it? Why have they not called them yet? That's just what I was thinking about it when I was waiting. I was like, if they are, if they are pleading their innocence and they said for 12 years they did not do it, well, who did it? Because there were some crimes that committed, clearly. Yeah. So are they still out there? Like, why... Is it another unsolved case, like we've talked about previously? Yeah, I think clearly. Yeah. And that's the annoying thing about it, isn't it? That when you're just framing other people or just saying, yeah, you fit the story, so we'll arrest you. Those people, those victims that were murdered and the families, they're not actually getting closure because the wrong people are behind bars and you've got murderers and, you know, all of horrible people walking the streets still. Yeah, that's why I was, I was just like baffled by it because I was like, like, I think that's what's frustrating about when we do this and we do research and stuff and it's like all the unsolved bit, I'm like, I just need to know who's done this, I need to know who it is. I know, I would love to know. I know, but obviously if that is the case, then people who did it are still out there or saw, like, yeah, like you said to me, it's, it's still unsolved because... They've, they've been let out now they've been released they've they've got on with their lives and yeah there's obviously someone out there that have still done it and the families aren't gonna get justice for it yeah when um when I studied psychology in my like, a level and one of the main things that we got taught was about eyewitnesses and how unreliable eyewitnesses are so the fact that these three people <laughs> we're potentially going to spend the rest of their lives in prison just from eyewitnesses. I mean, 69% yeah. of wrongful convictions are due to eyewitness testimony. Yeah. That's it. That's eyewitness what... testimony needs to just get squashed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the first case that they like, they obviously did was the two was the two men. Um, but the guy who survived, he lost consciousness. So yeah. he's not going to know what happened to his friend because no. he... He wasn't awake when it happened, yeah. and obviously you wouldn't. To me, if he was, he would like if he was brought forward as an eyewitness. He's not a reliable eyewitness because he didn't see half of it. He didn't know what happened. Yeah. And you're in shock as well, aren't you? You're not yeah. going to be focusing on. I mean, one of the tests that they they did on us in the psychology class was um, without us knowing, we thought we were just like in the class writing some of our work, and the teacher um, left his wallet on the on the desk and he and he left the room he said oh so I'll be a second like I, I just gotta go so we we're like okay and then a woman came into the class this was obviously all pre-planned but we didn't know a woman yeah. came into the class took his wallet from the desk and walked out so we all saw it and just didn't think anything of it we thought oh, that might be his wife or you know whatever yeah. and we just carried on then he came back and was like where's my wallet <laughs> and made out like this woman had stolen it and we were all like 
oh no, like describing to him what the woman looked like. And then he brought the woman in afterwards and was like, it was obviously all a setup just to see how reliable yeah. your eyewitness testimony was. Not one of us in the class of 20 people described correctly what that woman looked like. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. It's like, you can't, like you say, you can't rely on eyewitnesses. And I think, like you say, because you're in shock as well, like yeah. the other people, like the other crimes that they committed on the same night, if someone said to me, take your rings off or I'm going to chop your fingers off, I'd be like, I'd be that more bothered about giving them my jewellery because I don't want my fingers chopped off. I wouldn't be able to, like, I wouldn't remember what happened. No, you wouldn't be focused on Yeah, no. And if someone said to me, like, if the police said to me, like, what happened? I'd be like, oh, they're starting to chop my fingers off. And I think that would be the only thing that I would remember because it was so traumatic. I wouldn't remember what they looked like and especially if they were in balaclavas as well so that like you said like all the evidence was circumstantial like there wasn't any proof again like why why did they get locked up if there wasn't any proof yeah I think this has definitely inspired me to try and do more stuff like this with you about um looking into people that are in prison at the moment pleading their innocence Um, maybe to draw a bit of light on on their cases and maybe um, you know yeah. see if we we believe them and maybe we can raise some awareness for them because I'm sure you know there are so many that are in there still trying to get out and say yeah. I shouldn't be in here I haven't done anything yeah that's like quite a good idea actually that would be quite good to do but I think as well like a, a lot of people like he Raphael Rowe was really I feel like he's a really strong person Oh, and yeah. the fact that he went in there and he pleaded his innocence, but he's completely turned his life around now. Yeah. But I think other people, I don't think everyone would be as strong as he 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 is. Like they wouldn't. If it was like me, for example, I'd just crumble and I'd be like, I've accepted I'm in here for life. That's it. Like, and I'd just yeah. carry on. But he's like, he did journalism. He now does like world's toughest prisons, which is like ridiculous. But even the fact that he was in prison for 12 years and then to go into other prisons, I'd still be I'd still be frightened because then prisons are more brutal than they are over here. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. really bad. But not everyone is going to be able to turn their life around. And especially if they're innocent, they are going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm here forever and that's it. Yeah. And I think it just shows as well how bad the justice system is. Yeah. Like, it's really not everyone is going to be able to get justice even i know they say like if no one gets convicted the families don't get justice but what about people who like you say are innocent where's their justice yeah you wouldn't want the wrong person no in 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 prison would you and i think a lot of the time victims um of crimes like really bad crimes understandably are just so angry they do you do naturally just want someone to blame and so i think they don't really care at that time like if it's the right person I think they just as long as they've got someone they can blame and have a face to you know the person who's done this yeah but yeah you need to think about the people that are that are in there because it could happen to any one of us and that's the scary thing yeah like I think if you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time I think that's what the um oh there's a new a new law that came out um joint enterprise law Mm -hmm. which is 
there was there was a guy there was a, like a drama on it and this guy wasn't involved in the crime or anything i think someone got murdered or something but the guy wasn't involved in the crime he was just driving the car but because he was driving the car and he was kind of involved it they brought out this new joint enterprise law so to me he was innocent because he didn't know anything about it mm. like all he did was he got told off his friends that he wanted to drive a car um he didn't he didn't know that his friends were gonna go out and kill like he didn't have a clue yeah and that's why they brought this joint enterprise thing in to kind of convict people who are, who are involved in crimes who don't actually commit a crime yeah and um, but to me that's i don't feel like that's right because if someone said to us like oh can you just drive this car somewhere because we're nice people but like, oh yeah that's fine and if we didn't know they were going to go out and kill we'd get put in prison for something that we didn't even do because yeah. we didn't even know anything about it yeah it's really but, scary isn't it yeah it's really really like, and I think that's kind of obviously what's happened. They've got put in prison for something that they didn't they didn't do. And like you say, it could happen to anyone, any one of us. Yeah, and he, he said, didn't he, when he got convicted, he was he just screamed and he like just yeah. didn't know what to do. And he was really angry for years and years. Um, and I think that just proves more to his his side of the of the case that he's a good person because he yeah. has had the strength to be he could have gone off the rails he could have got into drugs and you know angry at the world and angry at police but I mean I'm sure he is angry with police but yeah you know, he's, he's a good citizen and you know doing documentaries and stuff now so yeah but the yeah, fact he's changed his, he's changed his life around as well is like is it every single credit because not everyone would do that. Not everyone who's been convicted and are innocent would do that. They'd just accept it or they'd, like you say, turn to drugs or turn to... Yeah, absolutely. I'd love yeah, to yeah. um to read his book, actually. I'm sure that's really, really interesting. Have you finished it, the book? No, I'm halfway through. I've just... <laughs> I'm literally... Okay. So, he's got a scar on his face as well, which I really want to know what this scar's from, but he never tells anyone what it's from. And as we see, he's wrote it in his book. Really? Um, yeah. But he obviously got it in prison. Um, but when I was reading up on it, he said like he got in like the people, prison officers in the prison, like attacked him one day. Like they like pushed him to the ground and kicked him and like punched him and stuff. So I don't know if he's got it from that, but it's in his book. So yeah, I'm gonna when I get to that bit, I just want to know what it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll have to let me know. Full on fangirl in it's really. No, cool. when you finish the book, you can send it over to me in the post. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> All right, anyways. Well, that's right, very interesting. Yeah. We'll have to um, definitely have a look. Um, we'll do a conspiracy next week, but yeah, think about what what we can do to try and have a think of you know people that are trying to plead their innocence at the minute in in prison. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, conspiracy next week would be. So we've, like we've not done one now for two weeks, have we? So no, or maybe so I think next week is um episode ten, isn't it? Maybe for the tenth one, yeah. we can do something a bit a bit different. Maybe mm. like bring each other cases. Um, yeah. Or kind of like I don't know. We'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right then, folks. Bye. Bye. But he did go on a hunger pro, like a hunger strike as a protest. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. But even even when he was younger like because it was like the book that we did about his whole life his book it did do like minor crimes when he was younger so it was like maybe he was a, like a criminal but the fact that he's now turned his life around and he pleaded it for 12 years like like you say it does seem really down to earth and like a likable guy yeah so, definitely 
yeah. there's, um, there's a, a lot of other stuff as well to suggest that the police investigation wasn't the best to uh, yeah. begin with. It's definitely open for question. Um, an important witness called Joanne said that she was um, pressurised 